Hello, and welcome to the Click and Obey podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the debate. Oh, my God. I just, I can't even mesh, kick it off. I'm, I'm still discombobulated in what the hell just happened last night. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, D-Rush. That was uh, something. We all went through something last night. I don't know what it was. We went through something. But, like, we've come a long way from, <laughs> do you remember, like, all the attention that like Bush versus Gore got when Bush did that little nod, like Gore walked up to him, Bush did the nod and then kept talking and everyone talked about that little moment forever. I think people still refer to it. And, you know, Bush laughed and Gore laughed and it was like this weird, strange moment in a debate or whatever. We went from that being like a media circus to this just happening and, and being a media circus as well, but it's like, it's not the same type of circus. It's so crazy that our presidential debates have gone from this to that. I mean, it blew even four years, you know, four years ago, we had the Trump versus Hillary debates. And it's like, this is a completely different thing. This is not even that. Like, this is some other crazy thing. And I mean, it was just, I'll say this, like, I don't want to like feign shock, you know, like, I don't want to, seem surprised just for the sake of seeming surprised because it's kind of like are, are you really surprised are we really surprised or are people just being surprised outwardly to get a lot of attention like likes and stuff like that because things are pretty hostile you know I was we were talking offline and I told you and I fully believe this that that debate shouldn't be that shocking because it is a perfect metaphor a spot-on metaphor for public discourse today this is exactly how people talk to each other. Our leaders, quote unquote leaders, the leader class is reflecting that right now. A hundred percent. I mean, nobody came out of that debate a winner. Not Trump, no. not Biden, not Chris Wallace, not the American people, not anybody who watched, not the fucking media who's covering it. No one won and we all lost. And it's like, it honestly made me think that I'm probably not going to vote for president now. Like I had a lean on one way, and now I'm just like, you know what? Neither of you two even come close to the fucking bar that I need to, to oh, do yeah. this. The and bar is like, so low. It's so low. I'm glad you're saying that because you know I've been I've been on this train for a little bit, and I'm and now you're on the train with me. Of I'm not gonna vote. This is a false dichotomy. I'm not gonna choose between bad and worse, and I'm not doing it to get attention. Actually, far from it. It sucks. You're on a you're on a hill, and both people are firing at you. But I'm okay with dying on this hill especially after last night. I'm like, we need to make changes. We need to just say that, hey, this election, it's going to come and it's going to go. And we're still going to have probably all the same problems, just maybe different variations of it. And yes, there's personality differences and all this other stuff. But it's like, we need to start tackling the other problems. Like we got to catch this shit in the primaries, for example, if you want to talk about elections. 100%. But really, the problem is, is much deeper than even just the primaries or even just the parties. It is what you told me again offline in a private conversation that politics is downstream from culture and we are in a cultural funk. Like that's where we need to fix it. And we need to put our money and our attention to that. And all this other stuff, you know, there are plenty of other people. We got 330 million Americans or however many, and there are plenty of other people that are deep into the world of politics or all these little 72 hour news cycles let them go do that. Okay. I'm not adding anything to that. You're not adding anything to that. We're not adding anything to that by piling on and saying the same thing as everybody else. So if you want that, go do that with those people, but I'm going to shift my focus and, and focus on this culture stuff more. Yeah. I'm going to start looking at 2024. Cause like, this is, if anybody from either side tries to tell me, but what, what about that candidate? Right? Like if you're, if I say, Oh, well, you know what? I'm not voting. Like, but what about Biden? Like what the fuck about Biden? Like you're the two same candidates. They're basically the same fucking person. They both <laughs> suck tremendously. Whenever I hear, Oh, but Trump lies. Like he's, he's taking water. Right. It's like, what about all of Biden's lies from last night that Trump had no fucking wherewithal to, to capitalize on. He's just not. not a competent person, so he couldn't capitalize <laughs> on him. And then it's like, like both of them just lied like it's fucking breathing. And I'm supposed to hear that, oh, one of them's worse because what, they lie 7% less? Uh, they're both over 50% liars. What do you want from me? Like, I just, I can't believe a fucking word they ever say. 
So no, I, I'm I'm not okay with either of them. Yeah. Like I'm gonna vote for my my senators, my congressmen, my local politics. That's where I'm gonna yep. vote. And like you yep. said, the the big thing is like how do we get this culture and maybe getting Trump out of office helps because like he definitely is not fucking helping the culture. But don't tell me Biden is somehow better. Like he adds to this shit too. Like he's he's one of the reasons that he, Trump got elected is because of fucking Biden the and the Obama Biden. Uh, you know, set up so, so don't tell me that like Biden is somehow going to solve this for us. He's yeah. not. He's not solving it. And this idea that he's going to reset things, it's like, well, no, he's not. Okay, Obama, Biden. How many of those voters voted for Trump? That was a real phenomenon. There's a reason for that. So it's like it, it's just the short-term memory. Just the, I guess, Pete. I see this all the time. I mean, people are so stuck in this stupid team sport of politics, but especially like in the 72 hour news cycle that all they're thinking about is like, you know, either um, everything the Democrats do is evil or um, anti-Trump, you know, me equals negative one times Trump is the formula that I like to use. And it's like, well, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And if you can't even admit that on either side, then I don't take you seriously. So it's like, I, I, and it's gotten to that point where it's like, I don't take either one seriously. Like if you can't admit that a broken clock is right twice a day on either side, I can't vote for you. So, yeah, and that's a, that's a very low bar. That's a very low intellectual bar. And that bar is not even being met. And so I'm, I'm like, look, I got other stuff I got to worry about. I got, I got stuff we got to worry about at the local level. Okay. With, with public schools and the curriculum in the public schools. We got stuff at the state level in terms of, um, you know, all sorts of training and regulations and things like that. Like there are other elections that really matter where I'm not bound to any party. I can literally go issue by issue and election by election and prop by prop and really think about it and vote the right way and not play this stupid team-based politics. I'm not, I'm just not there for that anymore. I'm over it. I 100% agree. Uh, it, you mentioned something I want to come back to, right? Which is yeah. that this shit should have been caught in the primaries. How Biden is here is a travesty. Inexcusable. Right? I, I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, I, I, per, I partially, you know, look at myself too, because I was thinking it's like, man, I just don't like Bernie Sanders policies. And now that I've seen like Biden for the last six months, I'm like, oh, what like – Holy shit! What was I? What was I doing? Right? It's just like yeah. Bernie Sanders is way less scary to me than Biden is right now because Biden is just not a competent individual. Like, I get it; he's old. He might have been competent back in the day. That's fine. He's not today. Anybody who's watching and doesn't think that's like, oh, he just flubs some words and sentences. Like when Trump would shut the fuck up, Biden couldn't speak at all. It's like, yep. that's the problem. You can't yep. have a president who can do that. I don't care what he intends for his policy to be. He said, he said 200 million people have um, uh, pre-existing conditions. And then when pressed on it, he's like, uh, uh, what? It's, it's like, okay. you, just, you just fucking said that. Like, and it's like, uh, it's, it's oh, incredible. Yeah, it's, I am it's so discombobulated incredible. because I just can't, I can't believe these are the two assholes we have to pick from. It is incredible. Like, it's incredible. I don't I don't like Bernie Sanders policies. That's fine. He's more respectable to me than, than either of these two fucks. I wouldn't vote for Elizabeth Warren because she's shady as shit too. But Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, I'd vote for Klobuchar over this. Like Klobuchar also seems kind of shady, but she's like the typical politician shady, right? It's yeah. like normal it's level. Like, I mean, quite honestly, I just I want some form of normalcy and get and people what's funny is people are kind of acting like Biden is, right? He's a return to normalcy. It's like He's fucking not. This is not normal to have this as a presidential candidate. It's it is not. not. It's not. And I mean, look, I mean, think about it. Like, that is the argument that is always posed. Oh, yeah, he's returning normal. He's a statesman. You know, all this other stuff. And first of all, it's like, did you watch last night? Okay. Trump was horrible. This dude was running over everything, interrupting everyone. Just completely terrible. But... This supposed statesman was out there resorting to ad hominem attacks. He started calling him names. He was clearly getting frustrated. And I'm like, what? Wait, 
isn't this your selling point that you're a statesman and you can't handle this dude interrupting you? Yeah, that you're the calm, rational one, right? And it's like, which which calm and rational one were you on that stage? Yeah, and you're calling the other dude a clown? Like, yeah, okay, maybe he is a clown. Yeah. We but he's still the fucking president of the United States yeah. as well, right? Like, yeah. can we? And he's like, and he's like, you're the worst president of all time. It's like, well, I don't think he's a good president, sure, but maybe you need to brush up on your history or something. I actually, and it's just to me, it was like he lost his temper. And clearly so, not like, not like a little bit or whatever. He was resulting. He was he was resorting to ad hominem attacks. He was calling names, and to me, it's like you know, we we in the software world understand this as a certain way. It's like okay, if you're arguing and you're having a tough conversation and a tough disagreement, and that happens in the software world. The last thing you want is to end up in an ad hominem situation where people are throwing names at each other and cussing each other out or whatever it is. That to me, when someone resorts to that, that tells me that their argument sucks so much that they they don't have anything to argue. And that's the only thing they have left to, to defeat the other person is, is by insulting them. And so that speaks to a lack of substance. And it's like, okay, well, what are we voting? What are we supposed to vote for you for if if you can't even keep your temper and your selling point is that you're this return to normalcy and you're a statesman, it's like, you just suck at everything. And so, yeah, I, I, in some ways I view it like Trump did so horrible, but it was like, well, Biden did bad too. And maybe he didn't do all the stuff that Trump did or whatever, but he was really disappointing for a low, a low, 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 the lowest bar ever for a democratic politician. So it was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how anyone won. And, I want to circle back to third party in this because we're talking about Biden. We're talking about Trump, but Chris Wallace was super disappointing last night. Oh my God. Super. That's the, the person I lost the most respect for was Chris Wallace. I expected those two idiots to act like idiots on stage. That wasn't shocking to me. What the fuck was Chris Wallace doing? Yeah. Can I dive into that? I mean, this has been burning let's, me. Let, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I, okay. I want to hear your All thoughts right. on it. Okay. Let's dive into this. I know you got thoughts on this too. Chris Wallace, which by the way, Christopher Rufo came on to Tucker Carlson, which is where he broke the news about the critical race theory driven um, training sessions that were happening in federal government that our tax dollars were paying for. So this happened on his own network. Okay. He has no excuse for this. He went up there and he purposely said racial sensitivity training. He conflated racial sensitivity with critical race theory on national stage. And I was like, you, that was dirty. That was so dirty. It made me so angry. It's so intellectually dishonest. I was like, those two things are not the same. Go study postmodernism, go study critical theory, and then go study critical race theory. That's the, that's the hierarchy that you should really study to get there. Critical race theory is not racial sensitivity training. There is real racial sensitivity training. And people, I'm not opposed at all to paying for that because people need to get along but this is not that. Go read the actual slides. I mean, they're available everywhere. People are leaking this stuff out all over the place, the training sessions or whatever. It is incredibly racist. It is the most racially aware thing that I've ever seen. It is, I mean, it is just hateful, hateful stuff. And a lot of it is not based on fact. I mean, it, it, it counters like objective facts. And so it's like, the news was broken on your network, dude. And you purposely went up there and conflated the two things, critical race theory and racial sensitivity. And they are not at all the same thing. They don't even have the same definition of racism. When you think of that racial sensitivity, you think of the legacy, now legacy definition of racism, which is like discrimination based on race and critical race theory. Its definition of racism is this new systemic racism lingo where racism is ever present in every interaction everywhere because of the systems. And it's just a matter of you awakening, hashtag woke, uh, to, your, to your critical consciousness to be able to see it. And so, and then, and then to use racism supposedly for the betterment of society to, to discriminate in an anti-racist way. Benevolent racism, I believe is what it's called now. Yeah. Yeah. It's called anti-racism discrimination. Acting, right. It, it's the yeah. acting in a, in a good manner of racism, right? Where it's like, if you see a black person, you try to help them out more. It's like, 
okay, so, so you're patronizing them. Like that's what you're, yeah. you're what you're trying to do. You know, tokenize, patronize, do all the things, right? Yeah. But I, I also couldn't believe how fucking unprepared Trump was for this. When he oh, got it, you could God. tell that it's like he had no idea what like yeah. what he was gonna say. He's like I mean, the things the they're teaching, the things they're teaching, they they're crazy. There's it's, they're crazy. It's like, yeah. It's like, all dude, you had dude. to do was say <sighs> that they legitimately have slides that say if you're white, you are racist, you are inherently a racist person as a white person, and say that has no business being taught by the federal government or anybody for that matter. But we definitely are not going to pay for it. That is not racial sensitivity training. Racial sensitivity is the act of saying, hey, you're white. If you were black, here are things that you might see that you might not normally recognize as a white person, right? And also if you might see like even words that can kind of set people off. You see blacklist. You see all these things, right? I don't agree with everything they have in racial sensitivity courses, but it's based on like social work and like therapy like therapy notes and things like that to say, hey, here are the ways that people see these things. And here's the kind of the teachings we can give to somebody of not that race to say, here's what they might be interpreting when you see this. Critical race theory is not that. So to complain no, it's it is such not. bullshit. It's total bullshit. And here's the thing. They, they do this thing. Um, what do they call this tactic? Mott and Bailey, right? I'm sure you've heard of this argument tactic, but it basically it's like where you where you purposely conflate two things and then you make yourself invincible in an argument by switching between the two definitions simultaneously. So it's like when you're on the attack, when you're trying to promulgate this stuff and you're trying to preach this stuff, you take the critical race theory definition of racial sensitivity in quotes I'm saying, which is all the crazy shit you just talked about, all the intensely racist stuff, all the hateful stuff. And you ram forward with that. But when you get criticized and you need to defend yourself, you switch to the other definition of like, no, 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 this is racial sensitivity and everybody's pro-racial sensitivity. Why aren't you pro-racial sensitivity? Oh, you must be racist. So you switch between the two definitions. You live in the fluidity of, of, uh, of those two definitions. You, you live in the muddied waters that you create on purpose to make yourself invincible to any argument and it's totally intellectually dishonest it's a fallacy it's a it's a it's a fallacy a type of thinking that that is um, destructive to like objective argument arguments and like ah just trump totally i mean i said so a broken clock could be right twice a day that was one of the times you could have been right and that dude was so unprepared was layup. Take that moment. Uh, it was a layup. layup. And it would have helped him too, because he could have been like, I don't like racism. And here's an example of racism. And I'm going to call it out. And he was so unprepared. He blew that layup. I mean, it's just embarrassing, embarrassing. But also it was embarrassing for Chris Wallace. I was just like, I lost almost all respect from instantly. I'm like, this is a cultural issue for the times. It is let's talk, everywhere. Uh, let's talk about another nonsense fucking Chris Wallace question because this one as soon as this one happened I was like oh okay this is how we're doing this debate <laughs> Trump is a businessman if you want to call him a shady businessman if you want to call him a good businessman I don't really give a shit I, I probably all aspects of that are true right he's probably both good and shady whatever so we have the Trump tax return New York Times article oh yeah <laughs> so the claim is he paid $750 in income tax which is technically true, but also totally disregards the other tax he pays because of the business adventures that he had, right? I think it amounted to something like $6 million over the course of 2016 and 2017. So when Chris Wallace is hammering, is it true you only paid seven fifty dollars in taxes? Is it true you only paid – it's like, you know it's fucking false. It was – in the New York Times article even said it was bullshit, right? That they said seven fifty dollars in income tax because they wanted to skirt around the actual tax that he did pay with his business ventures. And it's like, if you want to say the tax laws are stupid, I'm 100% behind you. I think they're nonsense. But don't try to act like he only paid $750 in taxes or that he somehow did something illegal by that. He didn't. The people who wrote the laws, including Joe Biden, like set them up this way. And then so when he does the, you know, whether you want to call it correct or what, whenever he does the legal thing and pays as little in tax as possible, which by the way, every fucking person in the US does, I don't know anybody who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I do that like, myself. Don't try to act like this is shady. It's like, I, it just, it annoys me so much when the moderator makes me feel like, oh my God, why are you being anti-Trump? Trump is dumb enough to fuck up the whole time. Why do you need to attack him with stuff that we know is fake? It, yeah, just, it's like, it kills me. It kills me yeah. when that shit happens. And I mean, like, I'm probably sure. I mean, he probably, 
you know, went as hard as he could to pay the least amount of tax as possible. I have no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind, no Absolutely. doubt in my mind. And we can criticize him for that. That's fine. I mean, personally, I, I do the same thing, but you know, of course I'm not a billionaire or anything like that. So it doesn't matter, but regardless, it's just like, <laughs> first of all, New York times, any, if your source is the Washington post, the New York times or CNN, and you're bagging on Fox, it's like, you have missed several years of developments, my friend. Like they are all bad. They are all completely not trustworthy. I checked As, the Barry Weiss article. If you need the yeah, admittance, yeah. it's like, yep. I, she considers herself centrist. I, I don't necessarily, but she tells it like how crazy it's gotten in the New York Times. Like they don't want oh, yeah. truth anymore. That's not a thing. That's not their segment of the population. It is not. And you know, the people get these things. Here's another conflation too. Let me throw this one at you. Truth and facts. Those are not necessarily the same thing. You can take a set of facts and build a lie. Yeah, no, 100%. Right? It's like if I give you a graph of certain data, right, then I can actually have a good example. Let's go to a technical thing. Let's that, do it. That's actually Let's happened in my work. Yeah. I work with a team that needs to build things, right? In software engineering, we have to build things. The app you run on your phone, the website you use, it's all built, right? That's a very generic term for meaning we compile everything together to work on a computer of some some kind, right? Well, they build all these things and they have a build time, right? And they say the build time is split up between how long it takes to compile, how long it takes to wait, how long it takes to upload artifacts, et cetera, right? And then it's split by what we call packages, Things that are like uh, a repository section of code. Like we might have a logger. We might have something that emits metrics. We might have the actual application itself. All these things are split up. So most of these things get built in parallel, right? Like such that you just say, hey, I'm going to build a lot of these things at once. And I'm going to build the main app, which just kind of consumes them all. This is how this largely works most of the time. They have not set this up quite like that. So they're actually more sequential right it's like you have to build one to get the next one to get the next one to get the next one so they made a data graph that is this stacked graph and said this is how much time it takes for us to build every single thing and we need to fix this and i asked them it's like okay so what if we take this to zero said oh well we'll still basically be the exact same time it's like well then what's the graph showing me well it shows you if we didn't have to build all the same time what we could do right if we were in parallel as of today how it would work it's like but you're not and you're not not. (laughs) and you're not close so why are you showing me this graph of your future three years from now self and acting like that's (laughs) i need to go act upon this today like what are you doing and sorry the listeners that probably didn't make a ton of sense i'm I'm sure mesh got what i was saying but it's like i did basically you can use metrics however you want to get the outcome you want because like they're not wrong that was a fact that yes that is the total time if you add up everything and as, as a summation but it's not indicative of how their actual build works. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, we run into this all the time in the technical world. It's like, we've got this fact, we've got this fact, we got this fact. And you can build a ton of shit off of a series of facts, as it turns out. And it might not be true, or it might be half true, or mostly true, or mostly false, or completely false. So this, my, my, my point was that people who pride themselves on getting the facts, it's like, cool, yeah, I like drinking water. You know, it's like, I, these are just non-statement statements to me. It's like, I don't care about facts. I care about objective truth. And right now I don't have a clear way to get that without an intense amount of work on my side. And I take fire from everybody on all sides because they're on their team and they have their moral beliefs. I mean, this shit is basically a religion, you know, politics and yeah, I mean, you're attacking them basically by by doubting them <laughs> because they have all the facts. Why would you doubt that? Are you anti-fact, which means you're anti-truth? I don't know. That's that's my point with that whole thing. It's like people conflate truth and facts and then they get into these kind of disingenuous conversations. And I, it just public discourse is so fucked up right now. It is so fucked up. And, I, and that debate actually, was a perfect example. Perfect. Yeah. I actually thought of a, a better example because it made me think of like in sixth grade, I got told this and it stuck with me ever since. 93.6% of people that have cancer have eaten a pickle. That, what, is the, <laughs> yeah. what is the truth of that statement, 
right? It's like, that is a fact. Uh, it was at the time, whether it's a fact yeah. today, I don't know, right? What the, the current numbers are, but that's a fact. So is the truth I'm supposed to take from that is that pickles cause cancer because 93.6% of people who have cancer right, yeah. have eaten a pickle? Or should I take it as like, uh, yeah, people eat pickles and people get cancer. Like this, these are non-correlated things, yeah. right? You know, or it's like, or was it, it's, it's non-causation. Yes, they're it's technically correlated, but it's not a causation effect. So it's like, that is a fact that means nothing. The, the truth of it is that there is no coordination between those two things. But if I pile you on facts like that, right, I can make you think that something is real when it's not. Right. Yeah. I, and that's just where we're at today. And it's very easy to do that. Like people mix up correlation and causation all the time. And so it's like, uh, I mean, you can easily pull people down the wrong path. And it's just, that is where we are today. That's just who we are. And it, it's got this weird religious aspect to it too, where it's like, People like to be pulled down these paths. They, they've pre-decided what team they're on and pull me down the path. And so it's like, yeah, I, I just, that, that just drove me crazy. I mean, it was just such a bad, I mean, I was just shocked at the, at the moderating really. I mean, people were giving him all these props and I was like, it's, he's not, he didn't do a good job. He really didn't. I know it was a tough thing. I, I'm not saying it wasn't difficult, but he didn't do a good job. Why do I have was, to pretend that he did a good job? It was difficult and he sucked at it. Yeah. And you like can that's say both the truth things. of that situation. Yeah. It's just like it sucked. It sucked and he was bad. He was bad. So I, I yeah, it was just, I, I wanted to hit on Chris Wallace a little bit too, because it was just a disaster from his point of view. And he, he didn't get an answer out of Biden on the Supreme Court packing thing. I mean, come on, man. That was weak. I mean, on, I don't want to answer it because that'll be the talking points. Like, yeah, no shit, because we want to know what the fuck yeah. the answer is. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I don't want to say because then people will hold me to it. Like, that's basically what he could have yeah. said. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he's like, vote. He's like, you have to vote. It's vital that you vote and you let your people know what you want to do. And it's like, well, how do we know what to vote for if you won't yeah. tell us what you're for? What are you saying? It's the most circular logic ever. It's like, are you saying that you're for it or against it? Or what are you saying? And it's like, no, he's doing this calculation in his head about who he's going to lose if he says it one way or the other. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, this is apparently what we want to return to, quote unquote. Okay, cool. I'm going to worry about 2024 at this point. Well, you got to have a uh, public and a private opinion, as Hillary Clinton once said. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's a luxury. If you're, Can we also if you're if you're living in that world where you get to have that, that's a damn luxury. You must be a in a nice leadership class type of position in society. Can we also talk about this kind of nonsense thing where presidents and senators are only in office for three and a half or five and a half years, or maybe less than that? I, I don't I don't know. Where it's like Trump should wait till the next election. Why we elected him? I, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? The, the senators and presidents can't do their job if the election is ongoing. It's like he's there till January. I, I don't yeah. even understand what the problem is. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, here's the thing. People people have the conclusion, okay, that they have in mind. And then they try to work backwards to rationalize and try to like reverse engineer reasons. So they're like, okay, we have this conclusion. We don't want this thing to happen. We don't want this thing to happen. So in order to convince people, we're not going to tell them the conclusion straight away. Like, hey, we don't actually want this thing to happen. They're not going to be truthful, basically. They, they try to work backwards to be like, well, look at this logical inconsistency of this guy. Or, oh, he's, we, we want the American people to select X, Y, and Z or whatever. It's just like, dude, just say what you don't want. Just say it. Okay? Don't pretend and don't. I mean, it's insulting to people's intelligence. Don't pretend. Okay. If you look back, you know, right now the, the hot button issue is the Supreme Court nominee. And it's like, okay, yes, yes, there's a tremendous amount of hypocrisy around the Merrick Garland thing with the Republicans. Everybody knows it. But there's also the same amount of hypocrisy on the Democrat side. If you look exactly. back, you hear hashtag do your job, right? That was the big thing. Hashtag do your job. Oh, well, no, no, no. That was a uh, different. Did, why? Uh, um, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But it was. And the, here, those are the facts, right? We're talking about facts. We're talking about hypocrisy and facts. Here's the truth. 
The truth is that the Republicans flexed their power back then and they're flexing their power again now that they're in power. And if the Democrats were in, had the ability to flex it a little bit more back then, they would have done it then. And if they had the power now, they would do it now and they would each be hypocrites in a different way. At the if end, only we had an example of the Democrats flexing their power when they had it. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like whenever they were trying to get a Supreme Court justice in and they said, you know what, we only need 51 votes instead of 60. <laughs> if only we had an example like that. We could, <laughs> we had an example. Oh, shit, we do. We have a fucking yeah. example. <laughs> but, you know, to me, what drives me crazy is that is the meta part of this whole thing where it's like you've got all these people who are online outraged about politicians being hypocrites and using power when it's in front of them. Have you been asleep? Or are you faking your outrage? That's what I want to know. If you've been asleep like Rip Van Winkle or whatever for 30 years and you woke up today, okay, I get it. There's some outrage, right? That's valid. Either that or you're just pretending. You're just like, how are you still shocked that the same thing that happens like every month, pretty much in politics, in national politics, continues to happen? Are you going to be surprised every time for 30 years? Like, are you going to continue to be surprised by the most obvious thing on the planet? I think you're feigning surprise. I think you're pretending. And it's just like, you're doing it to, to look good to other people. Like, look, I am surprised and outraged at this very surprising and outrageous thing that politicians do. And give me all the likes. I'm a good person for pointing this out. And it's just like, dude, yeah. no, every, this is what they do. This is, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, whenever I think of national politics, I think, Here's a bunch of people. They're all probably hypocrites. They're all probably doing things that are bad. Some worse than others. Yes. Some right. more hypocritical than others. Yes. But when they have power, they're going to use the power to do the thing that they want. And it sucks. And that's why I think we should be more critical of them and not worship them and fall into their little stupid false dichotomy games of, hey, choose this guy because he's bad versus this guy because he's worse. Like... <laughs> This is just exactly. a losing game and I'm not going to play it. And you know what else? I'll, I'll, I'll touch on this too. It's just like, I go on social media and I see these two takes that drive me absolutely crazy. People are like, I, I know it's taking a lot for me right now to do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling brave. Like I want to step up and decry Trump or I want to step up and decry the Democrats and Biden. It's like, that's not brave. That's what everybody's fucking doing. That's what everybody's doing. This is the least brave thing ever to go up and decry Trump and stand on top of your moral high horse and, and be like, I still Look. love that people think they're the resistance when they do that. I'm just like, what resistance? Yeah. <laughs> you're goes, the fucking mainstream media. Yeah, what are you're you talking the about? And, and to be honest, it goes the other way too. We see people who's just like, you know, the Democrats are doing this thing. It's like, duh, they're national politicians. Of course they are. Don't act surprised. Don't come out and be like, I'm being brave. No, you're not. You're taking a mainstream position that millions of other people are taking. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just drives me crazy when I see all this fake, like fake surprise. And then, hey, I'm, guys, I'm here. Like I have the correct morals. <laughs> Accept me. See that I have the correct morals, please. It's just this weird form of like begging to be seen as a good person. That's what I see. And so it's like, everyone just stop pretending to be surprised. Okay. This is our reality and we have to change it. And yes, the only way to change it is to change our culture. And I think we have to do a little bit more truth, a little bit less facts, not saying that you should get rid of facts. I'm just saying the facts need to be in the context of truth, yes. which means you need to believe in objective truth, which means, you, which means you need to be okay with falsifiability. Things that you say might be wrong. You might get corrected. You might be oh, corrected whoa, whoa. sometimes. I, I'm turning this off. Did you just say uh, I could be wrong? Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to fix the culture. You have to fix the culture around object objective truth to to start touching all this crap. Or you, can, I guess you could sit here and react to everything and be constantly surprised by the same that's, thing happening over and over again. That's the amazing thing to me, right, is people are still so reactive as, oppo as opposed to proactive. The amount of people who just want to bitch and moan as opposed to say, okay, if you think there's a problem with inner city communities, right? Like black people are getting treated worse and they don't have the money and they don't have the, uh, they don't have the availability of things. Like, have you volunteered yet then? Because if you want to talk about voting, that's going to do very fucking little. You know what does help? Being a mentor, 
like being uh, um, I want to say reading advocate. I can say it's like someone who helps them like learn how to read. Like these schools are clamoring for people to do that. Like they have just waiting lists on waiting lists of kids who are wanting to have these mentors, wanting to have someone who helps them read, and want to have someone like a big brother, big sister, and all these fucks who just want to complain about politicians and never do that. It's like, what are you doing? Like that's the way you actually make an impact, and it doesn't feel like it do, does it because like, oh, it's only one person I'm helping. It's like, yeah, that's how we work. We work on a community level. We help one person who helps another person who helps another person. It's like it it stops that propagation of like a poverty cycle and just like having bad things happen to you all the time because you didn't get that high school education you needed to go do something. Like the amount of people who just want to bitch and moan all the time. Maybe maybe I'm just bitching and moaning now too. So that's that's part of the problem too. But it's like go out and do stuff. Like if you want to donate to schools because you think they need more money, do it out of your own pocket. Why do you need to vote for a politician who then has to go and increase taxes to do it? Are you going to validate the taxes get sent there? Yeah. Or at the very least get involved in the local politics, which is at least closer to the thing. They have less things that we can possibly distract them, you know, like yeah, they're get stuck on the there. Board, get into it, the local representatives, right, yeah. whatever. hundred percent contact those people too. You can reach out to them. Like you can, I've, I've been trying to do this actually, like you can actually email them or email their secretary, something, get the work done there. Take the words that you're typing to get moral, you know, acceptance from the group and type them at the people that can change things. It's just like, it's, I just want to grab certain people lovingly by the shoulders and not so lovingly shake them. <laughs> but but um, I do want to jump back into the debate real quick because I wanted to, I wanted to point this out too, which was um, there are two bad things out there. One which is heavier than the other in terms of their impact right now in my mind. Um, so we know about Antifa, we know about the violence that they're at at the center of and they kind of get away with it because they're like oh we're a decentralized movement um therefore we can play this kind of mott and bailey of like hey when you attack mm -hmm. us i'm just going to say that we're just a we're just a slogan and an idea we're not an organization but when we actually want to act and we're on the attack oh no no we're an organization they play that and it pissed me off when biden was just like oh no no, no it's just it's just an idea it's like okay i guess the shit happening in the streets in actual american cities is just an idea too. <laughs> I'm not even going to listen to the people on the streets when they tell you where they're from. And <laughs> it's just an idea, right? Mm -hmm. So you know what? I mean, that, that right there just totally pissed me off. It's like, okay, you're actually gaslighting now. I mean, like, we have plenty of evidence. This is, it's a conspiracy theory not to believe it. And then on the other side, you know, you had Trump who had the, oh my God, this dude was so freaking unprepared. It just, boggles my mind but you know they ask the question of like are you gonna decry white supremacists and you know okay there's two definitions of white supremacists white supremacy and i want to get back to that later but like are you gonna decry white supremacists and he said sure and this is the thing that media isn't reporting even though you can just replay the clip and he's like yeah sure sure he gave this really lame answer and he was talking at the same time as chris wallace he couldn't just Put something a little more forceful and then he said stand back and stand by or something and it's just like what are you doing dude this is the worst answer of all time when i was it watching makes, it yeah. and saw him do that i was just like what are you thinking what do you all thinking? you have to do wait for five seconds for chris wallace to stop talking yeah and say yes i devout or like i denounce all white supremacists that is That's not something i accept to say yeah That's all he had to say and, and if he, I mean, and even if incompetent. He, and even after that, if he'd have said, and the Proud Boys, I have not seen that they are a white supremacist group. Anybody who's in there who is a white supremacist, I denounce. But I would also tell them, like, stand by and stand down. If you are trying to just be, like, vigilant and be the antithesis to Antifa, I understand. But let law enforcement do its job. That's all I had to say. All I had to say. And like all that's, he had to say. And he would have satisfied every, well, I don't know. He never <laughs> going to satisfy half the people, right? Yeah. But like, it, I, when, when I'm sitting there, like, I'm not that hard to sell because like, I know what the stats are on everything. I know what the Proud Boys, more or less know what the Proud Boys are and like what the, what those groups do. And she's like, that's all you had to say. 
<laughs> and like I'm sitting here like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? It's just a total incompetence, man. I mean, that was infuriating too. But yeah, I, I do want to get back to the white supremacist thing. So this is a common theme. I think in this podcast, we point out the double definition nonsense. Right. White supremacy is yet another thing that has been hijacked by our friends on the woke side. And I use the word friends loosely. It's the other, it's another Mott and Bailey. It's like, you know, there's white supremacy and you use that word and it has a very charged emotion attached to it. You tell it to people and like 99.99% of people immediately think of it as, oh my God, you know, this is, this is a person who happens to be white that is racist, like actually racist, like discriminating against people based off the color of their skin or their ethnicity. Yeah, like literal using, Nazis, right? Yeah. That's what they think. There's a literal yeah. Nazi in front of them. Yeah, yeah, and they're using their power to to do racism. It's like, oh man, white supremacy is really bad. And yeah, it is. But then there's this other definition of white supremacy, which is just that, like, hey, all the systems that we're in that propagate all the racism, the systemic racism, all the systems are completely rotten to the core because white people were involved in the building of these systems and they propagate the white people bias. And so white supremacy is actually all around us. Does that sound familiar? White supremacy surrounds us everywhere. It's in every interaction and you have to have, you have to have awoken to it to have critical consciousness, to recognize it and to call it out in every little interaction and to ultimately remove whiteness from every interaction. And it's just like, dude, these are two different things and they use the same words. And so when you, when you muddy the waters that much, it's like, you can't even talk about the shit in a presidential debate properly. It's just like everybody fucked up. So like, you know, we just pointed out Biden, just total fuck up, like gaslighting, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've got actually gaslighting, not fake gaslighting. That's another goddamn term that keeps getting, you know, that got hijacked. Nobody um, knows how to use that term correctly. Yeah, well, I just mean denying actual reality, but yeah, you could say lying. And then, um, then you've got Trump, who's just incompetent. He's like drunk without alcohol. I mean, just incredible. Just incredible. And then you've got Chris Wallace, who's just conflating shit left and right. Who's like, apparently he's this amazing journalist and he can't even get down to the root cultural issue that everybody is talking about, which is like the, the waters are muddied. You don't know what people mean when they say anti-racism, but a loaded term like anti-racism or white supremacy or mental health or any of these other terms um, because there's the woke definition and then there's the definition that everyone else has and they keep fucking switching between the two and they're very different actually. So it's like, it's just, ah, uh, that, you know what? I will say this. I was somewhat triggered by that, <laughs> that debate. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people were, I mean, let's just say in the, in the, the D rush household, like, I was not the only one upset by this, right? Like it was. <laughs> Same here. Same here. It, it was just, it did not go over well. And that, I mean, let, so to take a step back to, let's talk about the no vote again. Cause I, I think that's where I'm leaning. Like I, I need to be I'm sold there. a hell of a lot on, on either of these candidates to, to go vote for them. Cause quite honestly, I'm just like, you know what? I'll just vote for my senators, my you know, representatives and my local stuff and I'll just deal whoever wins, they're going to be a fucking idiot and I'll deal with four years of their dumbassery. Right. It's like, do we gain like, so then there's the always the bullshit people, you know, the Bill Mars of the world who are like, Oh, well, if you don't vote, you're actually voting for this person. And it's like, that's stupid. Right. I'm actually just not voting for anybody. That's literally what I'm doing is not voting for anybody. Is there something to be gained there? Because I, I contemplate it as Say that we have 10 million more people not vote, right? Who are just like, you know what? Fuck this. This is stupid. Does that instigate any politicians to think, oh, if I'm just like not a lunatic like these other two, I can gain like 10 million votes, right? 10 million people who would vote and are willing 100%. to vote but just won't vote for these people. Or do they just not look at it as like, oh, well, now there's 10 million less votes. So now I have to figure out how to get 25 million as a, or 50 million, whatever the, the number is. Yeah, no, I, I think you have a point. I mean, people, people, you know, like I said, it's like a religion. So they try to justify this false dichotomy at all costs. They're like, oh, if you're not with us, you're against us. <laughs> and, and another common phrase is, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's just this false dichotomy, like living in these two false choices. It's really annoying. And really it is, it is that 
you know, it's a war tactic. You know, a war is a series of battles, basically. And sometimes when you're losing a battle, you have to know when, when to take the loss, when to say, hey, we got to live to fight another day because we are in the process of trying to win this battle that we're very clearly losing upon any sensible reflection of the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, we, we are, we can either bleed ourselves out here or, or we can live to fight another day and strategize and change our, change our approach or begin to change our approach, transition to a new approach and, and try to win this war because that's ultimately what matters. And I, I hate to use the war analogy, but that's really what's going on here. We've got this battle. It's like, okay, you could stick here. You know, it's like you, if you watch MMA, it's like they have this thing called a technical knockout. And, you know, either you can, you know, sometimes fights end in a knockout. Sometimes they end in a submission. Um, which, by the way, is a, a, another kind of example of a technical knockout in my mind. Because it's like, okay, you could either, if a fighter is literally, you know they've lost that fight. You know they've lost that fight and they're just taking a beating. Like they're just getting punched in the face repeatedly. Or, you know, they, they got submitted and their arm is in a lock and it's going to get broken. They're not getting out. You can tap or you can throw the towel in or the referee can jump in and just be like, hey, this guy's done, like technical knockout, he's done, okay? I'm just gonna stop it to prevent you from taking more damage so you can continue your fighting career and maybe even come back and be a champion if you adjust, which mm-hmm. happens, it, it totally happens. And so it's the same sort of thing with war, it's the same sort of thing with this. It's like not voting is, and. Not voting doesn't mean just not voting. Not voting is not inaction. Not voting is actually inaction. And if you're also, along with not voting, focusing more on other things, like we're saying, the local elections, local officials, state level elections, um, actually like grassroots things, trying to contact people, trying to do, I don't know, a podcast to get to more people than just one or two, trying to change things in your workplace, trying to like, do something. <laughs> that is what I mean by no voting. It's actually a cluster of actions. And if you want to decry that, fine. I think you're completely wrong in doing that because I think you are simplifying it and you're justifying your own stance at the risk of simplifying something that is actually probably more complex than, than you might think. But yeah, I, I think this is this set of actions involved in, in no voting is actually you know, just saying that, hey, we're going to live to fight another day and we're going to change our strategy for this war because this battle is lost. It's a tactical retreat, right? Like you said, the yeah. battle's lost. Like The fact we're here with these two, it's over. The battle is lost. We have to figure out how can we get to 2024, right? Yeah. For the presidential, right? Because there's still yeah. battles to be fought with the, the, the Senate and Congress and stuff like that. Yeah. But for president, we've lost. It's over. The fact that these two exist. Yep. Um, and the culture, the culture too. We got to fight, we got to fight the culture war too. Yeah. And so that's why I just think of the no vote. So one, if you still think that you should vote for either of these two, fine. I, I disagree with you, but I understand it, right? If you think that like a sure. policy or a position or a whatever aspect of culture is more important um, than, than the buffoonery of both of them, fine. I, I get it. Like I understand. I, I'm not with you, but I understand it. But if you try to say to me, oh, how dare you? You're actually voting for this person. It's like, shut the fuck up. I'm yeah. not doing shit. Like the, I'm tactically retreating and trying to say to somebody in fucking 2024, listen, you can get my vote. I'm here. I voted before. I was one of the people who who actually voted in the last presidential election. And if you want my vote, you just got to be sane. You just got to be sane. And so it's like, I want them to see that, right? I want them to see this stack of like, people who didn't vote for president who did vote in other elections be like, Hmm, you know what? Like, this is an easy win. Why, why am I not just taking this free win? And hopefully they do. I mean, from whatever side, right? I don't know if that's going to be Democrat or Republican quite honestly, but they need to see that a no vote is a thing. There's so many people that like one, you want to turn out to vote, but there's also a lot of people don't vote for president because they just don't believe in it. They think like these are shitty people we're putting in, in office and they are. Yeah. It's funny because like, if you're in the center or if you're in the middle or whatever, both sides are trying to convince you or tell you 
this is basically gaslighting, but <laughs> in the real sense, that you're the extremist. Yeah, I know. Because right? you won't buy into their false dichotomy. And this is what I mean by standing on the hill and taking fire from all sides. I am perfectly fine dying on this hill because I know I'm not missing the forest for the trees. And I'm not falling for a false choice, a false dichotomy, like I like I keep harping on. So I don't know, man. So, I mean, just so man. to take us in a different direction, I kind of yeah. let, let's go back to the Supreme Court thing, right, where Joe Biden sure. has somehow come up with a decision that, well, we just shouldn't go forward with it because, you know, it's it's during the election and the, the we should let the people decide it, even though they did decide it, you know, two years ago and four years ago, with two years ago with the Senate, four years ago with the president. It's like, what else shouldn't the president do within the last six months of being in office? Or we'll call it four, yeah. whatever you want to call it, right? September 1st to, to January 20th. Uh, if, if there's like an attack, should they not do anything either? No, no, no. Let the next president solve that. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to yeah. do anything. It's, it's like, what, what else should the president not do for four months while this election cycle is kind of going on? I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll just look at some facts and then we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll come to whatever conclusion we already had before we got the facts. That's what we'll do, right? But yeah, no, I I, uh, I take your point on that. Yeah, it's just, it's like, look, the people that you elect into political power, they, these, these elections do have consequences in that way, which is why no vote is also consequential, by the way. It is an action. So right. yeah, it... it I would say, you know, the argument would be, oh, but there's this new precedent that was set with Merrick Garland. And that's just like, or two wrongs don't equal a right. Yeah. Also, the Merrick Garland one is just, listen, both sides were hypocrites on that. But also what the Republicans should have fucking done is just voted on him and said no. It was that simple. They keep talking about, oh, well, they didn't even vote for this. It's like. They would have voted no. Well, who cares if they didn't vote? They would have voted no to literally anybody you threw up there who wasn't who they wanted. That yeah. was their right because that's who the people voted in as a check on Obama putting somebody on the Supreme Court. Like, right. don't try to talk to me about how it's the same situation. It's not even close to the same situation. No. And, and, and all they did instead was flex power. Cocaine Mitch. Just flexed power. <laughs> and it's fact. just like, dude. Dude, it's just, it is incredible that people are unable to get out of the surface, the surface level depth of, of daily polit national politics and, and uh, you know, what do they call it? Palace intrigue and, and just see it from this perspective, like a little bit higher up. It really is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what people are thinking in terms of like, oh, the president can't do this because why? Why? Well, it's like you said, they want an outcome and they're just trying to backfill why it, it's justified that they're out, yeah. their outcome. It's like, right? Say, it's say what you want. Say what you want. Don't try to sell me on a false story that sort of maybe if you, if you sell it the right way, <laughs> latches onto my emotions and gets me to be convinced that it's actually the rationalization for your viewpoint. Just tell me what your fucking view is. And you know how you know it's bullshit too? Okay, so you think that the president should not be able to nominate a Supreme Court nominee whenever their elect the election has started. That was Biden's thing, right? So the election started. Cool. So you've made a law in Congress, right? And you're going to try to pass it through the Senate. Is, yeah. is that what's going to happen? Oh no, you're not, because if you had the power, you'd fucking do it too. Yeah. So don't tell me. Right? <laughs> yeah. If you think it's actually like a totally bad thing, we should never allow it to happen. Then pass a law and say the president cannot nominate a Supreme Court nominee within X number of days of their. They're leaving or during the election or with six months left, whatever you want to say. I don't care what it is, right? But if they're not making that a law to mean that they can't do it too, they're full of shit. And oh, that's yeah, the 100%. case. That's the yeah. case. You want the power and we all know it. Yeah. So I don't take any of these things seriously, right? It's political games. Anybody who falls for it at this point, it's like, shut the fuck up. It's yeah. like you're getting played because you don't like that Trump's going to get to nominate somebody. And you wish you could find some way to make sense of why he shouldn't be able to. And that there is no sense in it. He should be able to. And if Biden gets elected and in three or in what would be four years from now, like somebody else dies, say Clarence Thomas dies, are we going to have the same song and dance? Oh, no, no, no. The Democrats shouldn't be able to, to do this. It's like, no, they should be too. They got yeah, elected. Of course. 
Yeah, they got elected. Hundred percent. It's nonsense. Yeah, and yeah, hundred percent. So I, I want to end on this note. This question. Speaking of political games, do you think? Do you think that there's going to be future debates? I mean, I hear both sides saying yes, but then I hear that like the. Uh, the, the people who are in charge of coming up with the policy for the debate. So like how the debate should be structured and, you know, two minutes of silence and then two minutes of silence and then engaging or whatever. I forget what they're called, but I, you know, I hear they're trying to change the rules and trying to get approval by both campaigns. And it's just like, and then, and then, you know, you would have hoped that Chris Wallace might've been a fair or good moderator, not even fair, just good. Yeah. Um, and that was a sh- total shit show. So just with all those variables in mind, do, do you foresee more, debates um it seems like both sides are saying yes or whatever but everything just feels like you know it could change on a dime i think there will be um i think it's really weird that the next moderator used to be working for biden i think that's fucking really weird um i don't know why that's allowed but sure why not um yeah i i think there will be i actually have one more question on top of this will also be a short one. Um, but yeah, to, to, to your question, right? It's like, I think we're going to have, I think we'll have at least one more after that. I don't know, but I think we will have at least one more. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we'll have one more. I, I, and if it goes bad, which I, I, I just, I mean, public discourse is what it is. And this is an accurate reflection. Like I've said multiple times here and like we've talked about of, of public discourse right now. I don't, I don't know if there'll be another one. But yeah, I, I think there'll be one more. I'm trying to think if I'm even going to watch the next one. Like I said, I, might I just I might I, catch the highlights. Because it's or lowlights rather. Yeah, it's funny because like I need either of them to prove why I should vote for them. Because right now I just don't. I, I've lost all faith in either of them to do anything competent. But I also just don't want to watch that shit show again because my yeah. faith in humanity is still like right on the edge, and I don't want to lose that <laughs> yeah. too. Right? Yeah. Like what yeah. I want to have. I have at least something remaining in the hope department. Yeah. Make make people lovable again. Uh, so <laughs> l- I know you wanted to end on that one, but I got a, another real quick right, one for you. Do it. Should our state secede? Like regardless of the outcome, <laughs> quite honestly. But, yeah. but it's like, do, do we think that we would just be better off not to be under the, the set of these assholes who are in yeah. charge? So I'll, I'll say this. Um, I think this war is worth fighting for. I think unity should be the war outcome. Like we need to fight for unity. And um, that means accepting that we disagree on 10, 20% of things. And then that we agree on 80% of those things and finding a way to maximize that. Um, and so I think we need to fight the war for unity is my answer. But if it, talking about secession um i actually kind of think that you know depending on how things go you might you might see a state that you might not initially suspect having that whole secession talk some somebody like california before texas honestly um, I, I think if trump wins there's a real opportunity that, that texas tries yeah. to secede, or that, that that california tries to secede, and maybe the i don't know quite the opposite i don't know if like texas is really going to be you know ah oh, fuck biden i gotta secede but man if they do try to try to do any blue wave of implementation of stuff, when everybody who's leaving California for their dumbass policies for Texas, it's like I I don't know that Texas will put up with that for very long. Like they just they have the economy to to last, right? Like the same way yeah. California in theory does. I'll say this: I I just don't see it for Texas because I I think like we're so I mean the the state is so resilient that um. And it's actually got fairly good checks and balances within it. You know, we've got Democrats in power in a lot of places and we have Republicans in power in a lot of places and they all keep each other in check and it's gotten more contentious and it's gotten more tenuous, but we're still holding on to something. And, right. And um, I just, I think Texas actually primed to survive in this type of thing. And also there's just a geopolitical reality of like, if you, you know, a nation divided, blah, 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 blah. But like, if you, if you do see that sort of secession, I mean, you've got China right there, ready to pounce on in any way. I I don't know, you know, what way they might pounce there. That's why I also see it as unlikely that California ever could. Um, Yeah. Just because 
they are on the outskirts, right? Texas is still kind of in the middle of stuff, right? They're in between Mexico and and the United States, and it's like I, I don't think Mexico's gonna, like they're not going to join up with Mexico, and it's like I don't see them joining with China. That's not a big thing, but like. Would it be the most shocking thing if California kind of like said, "Oh, we'll take extra China money," and like we'll? Do, it's like, yeah, no, like yeah. you can't. And so the geopolitical reality there is, I think, and maybe it's a healthy thing that we just have this huge fear of China, and that's yet another thing in our, in our, um, in our bucket of commonalities. And maybe that's what drives us more towards unity in some sort of perverse way. I don't know, but yeah, I, I just I'm not big on the secession thing, even with all the crazy potential outcomes of this election and everything, just because I think there's just so many other things to fear together, honestly, that, it, right. it, it, that, that fear might actually be one of the things we can unify around um, along with all the other things that we actually agree on that are positive. So, yeah. Um, Agreed. All right. Well, with that, um, well, that was a, that was a fun event. I hope you guys and gals out there had fun listening to us. Um, we are Click and Obey. We're on Facebook. You can like us and subscribe us and share us and recommend us. Um, we're on every single major podcasting platform. Um, so you can follow us there, um, download our podcast, subscribe, um, share, and you can contact us and tell us, um, tell us your thoughts on the podcast. So with that said, peace. Peace.